Welcome, welcome everyone to the Simon and Dan podcast, the place where science and conspiracy collide. Thank you very much for joining us. It's episode 28. A uh, bit of bad news. Uh, Katz was due to join us tonight. Unfortunately, he had a work commitment, but that's fine. We can get on without him. We've got on with him without him before, so we can do it again. Uh, we were going to chat about England winning the Euros, which didn't happen, so it's probably a good job that he isn't here. Uh, we were going to have a chat about the, some flat earth news as well, but I'll save that for a minute with our guest. He sends his apology, but he will apologies, but he will be back next week. So, who is our guest? Joining this week is one of the original skeptics and debunkers, creator of the MetaBunk website, author and general bunk destroyer. It's Mick West. Welcome and thanks for joining us. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. One of the original debunkers. That makes me sound like I'm a hundred years old. Oh, you are. You are okay. You're <laughs> one of the most recent. Uh, you kind of bought the trend back. I think that's fair to say. Um, I yeah. was going to chat with Katz about the, the Virgin Galactic flight. I'm sure you've seen oh, yeah. that, haven't you? Um, yeah, that was fun. I've been trying to postulate what the Flat Earthers are going to say uh, in response to it. At the moment, all I've got is Vomit Comet and CGI. That's it. Yeah, and probably Fisheye. Fisheye. I think that's probably yeah. a common thing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's a shame that Richard Branson's priorities weren't uh, really fixated on proving the curvature of the Earth. But no, uh, yeah, it is a shame. That's what we got. Yeah, I've got to get up there one day and uh, uh, <laughs> take my take my. Oh no, uh, I can't save up your half a million quid and yeah, you that's it. Yeah, I was going to say I'll take my GoPro, but I can't take my GoPro. There's, the lens is all wrong, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. I'll, <laughs> I'll figure something out. I'll figure something out. Anyway, Mick. Um, Tell us how you started in the debunking game, because originally you Ooh. you started with contrails, didn't you? Originally, uh, kinda, yeah. I mean, actually, I started before that with okay. uh, Morgellons, uh, which isn't really like something I was debunking. It was just something I was like really interested in. Morgellons is this disease that people think that they have, where fibers are coming out of their skins. They, right, they get okay. like the little uh, magnifying glasses when they, uh, they they look at their skins very closely and they find fibers coming out of them. And then they say, this is, you know, nano robots or something coming out of my skin. Wow. And this is what's causing my disease. And there's a lot of people that thought it was very serious. And uh, that was, I did this anonymous blog called Morgellons Watch, where I, I posted about this for a while. And uh, But then, then I shifted over to chemtrails, which was kind of a little bit uh, lighter material in a way, because yeah. the other stuff was to deal with people's health concerns. And it was very, you know, people got upset. And uh, so I thought, uh, you know, I, I got really into doing, doing chemtrails after I was learning to fly. I decided oh, cool. to do a blog about it. And uh, that's kind of how I got my start. Yeah, um, I've I've done a I've looked a bit into chemtrails. We had a, a flat earther who uh, mm. said that he spent all day out uh, painting his house or something. He's not a flat earther now. He's he's come back to the globe. Uh, it sounds weird saying that, doesn't it? Come back to the globe. Uh, but he said he was painting <laughs> his yeah painting his house all day, and uh, he got burns from chemtrails. Um, <laughs> Oh, and that's the first time I've heard been, of that. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I guess, like if you're outside painting your house all day and you don't normally spend all day outdoors, I mean, two things are going to happen. You're going to see the sky a lot more than you normally would. So you're going to see all these suspicious planes going over and you're going to get a lot more sun than you normally would. Yes, so absolutely. you're going to get sunburned. So I, I, <laughs> the two things probably yeah. coincided in his mind. Yeah. I find chemtrails a difficult one because um, they don't, because obviously the explanation is is their contrails, their, their condensation yeah. trails, but the the chemtrailers don't deny the fact that there are contrails, do they? They they just say there's contrails 
and those chemtrails? Yeah, well, the, the, uh, most of them make a distinction uh, at the kind of technical level. And they say contrails disappear quickly, like they come out yeah. of the plane and then they just you know disappear within a, like a few seconds or a few minutes, whereas chemtrails uh, will last for hours and they can spread out and cover the sky. And you know, the, the, the way I, I explain that is I've got a whole bunch of uh, books on clouds. I've got a whole collection of them on my, my bookshelf here. I'll just grab one of them. I've got so many. I have to get them out of my bookshelf. <laughs> Too many so, books. I've just got loads and loads of books like this. That I've brought. This one's from the 70s, and it's, it's called Clouds of the World. And you can like go through it and find the section on, on contrails. Uh, and there's, there's all these old pictures on contrails oh, and you cool. can, uh, yeah. you can see them spreading out and things like that. And there's explanations and this is like from, uh, from the seventies, you know, even older and there's pictures like there's uh, very complicated explanations and things or graphs and whatnot explaining that contrails can persist and spread. Uh, and I found this to be a very, a very effective way of talking to people because it's, it's kind of hard for people, you know, most people to deny the existence of all these books going all the way back. I got them, I got some from the 1940s yeah. that discuss contrails. Um, you know, of course, like if you're a flat earther, you're more more likely to believe that everything is fake. Yes. But you know, yeah. people who are more, uh, somewhat more towards the mainstream, they just like believe they're being sprayed by toxic chemicals by the government, then most of them will actually take on board these these old books. So. Yeah. Did you I have, recommend it? Yeah. Did you ever have, ever have much success with uh, with like kind of bringing people around? Yeah, uh, I did, and a lot of it actually was from from this type of thing. Okay. I, a lot of people, they I, I made a video where I went through all these different books and you know just read the passage that says contrails can sometimes persist and spread for hours. Uh, all the way back to the 1950s, 1940s. Sure. And people have actually said that after they saw that video, they they started to question things. Uh, yeah, well, a lot of times what happens with, and you've probably seen this yourself, people don't just suddenly flip. No. They don't just suddenly become no, like, no, no. you know, from one, one extreme to the other. When you explain something to them, what happens is they start to have doubts at some point or they start to question things and they're like, yeah. oh yeah, I see that this is an issue. Uh, now I'm going to look into it and try to figure out what's actually going on. And you, you, you really got to kind of get them to the stage where they start that questioning thing. Yeah. And, you know, once they've started questioning, it's, it's, it's often can be, you know, quite rapid trajectory, uh, uh get them out, getting them out. But, you know, you've really got to get them on the road before you can uh, push them along. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You've almost got to nurture it with them, haven't you? Because there's the the, the the flat earth I was talking about. He's, he's quite a, he was quite a large flat earther, and he took a photo. He's, he's big into his photography. He took a photo of Blackpool Tower with yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it with some of the mountains. I've seen it. Behind, yeah, yeah, the mountains behind. And yeah. he originally tried to figure how that would work on a flat earth, and that was his original thinking. And then obviously, over time, he's like something doesn't. Something doesn't feel right here, and it, as you say, it took a, a while for him to process that. And and you're absolutely right; you never see anyone just flip like from one thing to the yeah. other. There's always that doubt in their mind, isn't there, before they can turn. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that questioning period, and you see it, like people make memes. Uh, where oh they yes, show, like you know, a, a clown taking their makeup or yeah. something like that. And there's the different stages, like you know, I'm a flat earther, you're all stupid, and then you know they start questioning certain things, and at the end they're turned into a regular person, and they they are saying, you know, you are you are being fooled by these these flat earth merchants. Absolutely, uh, which is is kind of a trajectory people go through. I mean, obviously the clown meme is is, is mocking that. But uh, you know, people do start out you know, violently one way, like you know, violently, but very adamantly one way, and they end up adamantly the other way because it's it's pretty clear once you actually get down to the brass track, the brass tack, the brass tacks, what's actually going on. But you know, you go with the the Blackpool photograph. That I think is probably wouldn't work for most people because no. it requires quite a lot of thought it does. into what's actually going on. And you know, most people who are not flat earthers wouldn't bother putting in the work to go through that. Absolutely. So it's kind of great that people actually do that, but it's yeah. not going to work for most people. No, you're right. The thing is, he was an expert on that sort of thing. He always took photos and that was what he did. And it was his thing as a flat earther. Right. He wasn't interested in the non gravity argument or anything like that. He was just purely observation. That's what I think yeah. was the reason why he turned so quick. Um, Metabunk is one of my actual go-to websites when I'm researching for videos. Yeah. I always find a little a little thread here and there for things. And the Earth Curve Calculator is my favourite to use because it's the it's the quickest and easiest one that has refraction involved to use as as like if I want a quick calculation. Did you ever think that website would be so successful? Well, Metabunk. Uh was quite a slow burn at first. Okay. <laughs> I remember when I started it, uh, I, it was a spin-off from Contrail Science. Contrail Science is my blog. Yeah. And people started talking on Contrail Science about other conspiracies. And so I just basically started another um, website just so I could have wider ranging discussions. And uh, yeah, I was always hopeful it would become successful. And I wouldn't say it is super successful. I think, you know, you think of like the Earth Curve Calculator, that was briefly fairly well known in flat earth yes. circles because yeah. it was one of the first ones that was kind of tailored towards you know the usage of you know flat earth people it's not, it's not a typical scientific usage that people would no. actually have uh, to look at these things and so it was quite useful and you know i put the refraction thing in there and uh people got upset about it <laughs> but yeah i was i was you know i i, I enjoyed the fact that people were actually using it and uh, you would see it crop up in odd places but now there's a bunch of them either there was there was one on uh, on github i think for, for a while and uh, yes. walter bislin has one that's, that's really right. good yeah uh, and I, I've got my, my refraction simulator as well as the the curve calculator, which is a much more complicated thing, but you know, yeah. not very easy to use because of that. But yeah, I was, uh, I was quite happy that people do use the site and, uh, you know, I see it, I see it cropping up from time to time, but it's not super popular. Yeah. Really? I, I, people say like, you know, Mick West, the debunker, but I, I don't really have, you know, yeah, I have very few followers on my YouTube channel relatively speaking you know, about twenty eight thousand, but it's yeah you know lots of people have way more than me you have a lot more than me uh and the site itself doesn't doesn't get a huge amount of traffic so it's kind of niche yeah like the it's... the people if you're looking for something fairly specific you would you know, end up on my site yeah but was... it's not really got mass appeal i was going to say if i'm researching a video and it'd be on some sort of conspiracy that i'd not really heard of before i'll just type it in and just put metabunk after it and more often yeah. not there's a, <laughs> there's a thread about it and there's a thread about people discussing it or whatever it is and it's so interesting yeah. to read through it all 
Yeah, the, the, the Google should do that by default. They should have. Yeah, they absolutely should. <laughs> Debunk. But if you, you know, if you do that, like Google, I think it, I always encourage people to use Google when they're trying to figure oh, out yeah. the answer to a question. And often you can just type in the question itself. You know, what is this thing, and a few words describing it, and an answer will come up. Uh, but sometimes you can just you have to add keywords like either explained or debunked or investigated or something like that, or or you know Metabunks or Snopes or something like that. Just toss toss things in like that. Yeah. But Google's somewhat underutilized, I think, by people searching for these things. Like I get people DMing me on Twitter and saying, you know, "How do you explain this?" And they could have just typed that exact same question into Google, yeah. and the answer would have. Yeah. Right you're, you're absolutely right it is very good for that but you, you always hear that that line don't you i've i've started to research this whatever they're talking about and you just yeah. know you just know the research that they're going to find is everything they want to find if they just typed in what they're looking for and then typed in something after like metabunk what they, then they'll get the answer and the proper answer rather than the research that they're looking for to uh, to um back up what they already think yeah, but of course, like the problem there is they they think Metabunk is some kind of disinformation. Yeah. Site. Well, yes, they will. And you, you you've seen people, yeah, I've seen people do this exercise. Someone says, let's let's Google this question and see what comes up, and they they start googling it, and they just skip over. Yeah, all of the the mainstream answers, and they don't they don't even like click on the links. They say, oh, is this fact check? Is this bloody fact? Is this Snopes? Is this Metabunk? Is this look, yeah, look yeah. at this? It looks like a debunker, yeah. and they move on yeah. on one thing to the other, and then they come down to. I don't know Alex Jones or someone, and they're like, oh, let's just check this out. <laughs> yes, he's the one. And that makes a lot of <laughs> yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a challenge. Uh, yeah, people can find the answers, but I guess you got to. How do you present them to people in a way that they they yeah. can actually be consumed? Yeah, uh, and not immediately spat out. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a bit of a bee in my bonnet at the moment about this yellow card scheme and the COVID vaccines because people are just finding this information and just completely running with it. Um, even though it's obviously not proven that it's linked to anything. It's a yellow card. That's isn't the yellow card like the old vaccine thing that they had for malaria? Uh, it, yeah, it's, no, it's like the um. So, say you had a reaction to the vaccine, you go to this yellow card uh, and you just type in what the reaction what reaction was, okay. whether or not it was connected to the vaccine, and you get all these people pulling out. There's been thirteen hundred deaths because of the COVID vaccine, but obviously they've yeah. got this information from this yellow card scheme, which is a government website. And they're saying, yeah, yeah, look, it's government. It's government. It's absolutely 100% right. right. But they don't believe anything right, else the government it's... says. So it's just, I've got a real bee in my bonnet about it at the moment. So <laughs> it's not a, not a scientific sample. It's self selecting. No, no so, exactly. So, you know, like... It's statistics. How do you explain it? It's, uh, it's complicated. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Um, so you've published a book as well, haven't you? In 2018, have, Escaping yes. the Rabbit Hole, yes. where you help guide people. Oh, wicked. You got it to hand. Um, so what you do, you, you guide people around many popular conspiracy theories. Um, I'm thinking of doing something similar with the flat earth scene. How mm. much fun was it to write? It's no fun. I do it. <laughs> Great. I'll bother then. <laughs> it's, uh, I think if, if writing a book was fun, I would have 20 books uh, published yeah. by now. But yeah. uh, writing a book is hard. It, it is kind of fun if it's a subject you're very familiar with. And yeah. I think you obviously are, you're very familiar with the flat earth, yes. both in terms of the science and the culture and mm -hmm. the, the personalities involved. So I think you probably could actually have fun uh, writing about it because you're just going to be, uh, you know, just getting the contents of your brain onto the page, yes. which is great, you know? So I, I would recommend doing it because, uh, you know, I think it's an interesting story 
uh, not just simply the you near know, the explaining the science of flat earth but mm. explaining the people and the way the people think and that's that's something i did in in, in my book was actually i had a lot of interviews with people and I, yeah. I transcribed portions of them and and that was fun doing that that research like getting to talk to people who either believed in a particular theory or used to believe in a particular theory and then trying to you know, relate that somehow to the, the theme of the book uh, so yeah, it's, it's difficult writing a book. You don't let anybody tell you otherwise, because you know, if, if it wasn't difficult, everyone would be doing it. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, I'd uh, go for it. Yeah. Um, so do you get a lot of people messaging about the book saying it's helped them and. Uh, yeah, I, I do. And more and more as, as time goes by, it's, it's, we are again, one of those things it's a bit of a niche and yeah. when it came out like it was it was you know it wasn't it was selling like you know, tens of copies per week or something like that so but now it's still selling uh years later and and i just saw like some professor assigned it as one of the set books for her course on uh disinformation or something wow uh, so it's 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 still uh people are still buying it the hardback copy is actually sold out so you can't buy the hardback anymore you have to buy the paperback uh, yeah, so all the all the copies I gave away, yeah, they're now worth like yeah, much more than I, I paid for them. I should have stockpiled a bunch yeah. more of them, yeah. but, uh, but I never did. But so yeah, I'm 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 happy that uh, people actually do get things out of it. Uh, people, yeah. I see them recommending it to other people, and people do do email me and tell me that you know, it has been helpful. So it's quite quite gratifying. Do you, do you think that's because? people are so much more aware recently in the last couple of years of misinformation and how it's being spread through social media. Do you think that's why it's still quite popular, the book? Yeah, I got a big boost in sales uh, during the election Ah, okay. uh, because there was so much media coverage of both the election conspiracies and the QAnon conspiracies. Yeah. And even though my book doesn't really cover uh, the election conspiracies, obviously, because it was too early, it mentioned some some earlier ones, uh, or there's very little in it about QAnon. Uh, it's still, it's talking about how do you have a conversation with somebody like a friend or a relative who has got sucked into some kind of rabbit hole. And a, a lot of that came to the surface during the elections. Yeah. A lot of people discovered for the first time that their, their relatives were believers in conspiracy theories, you know, especially people who were Trump supporters who thought that the election was stolen. You know, people will often say, you know, I, I see people saying that I, they lost their parents because their parents came out as believers in you know, some kind of fairly extreme conspiracy theory about yeah. the election being stolen uh, or about QAnon. And they, they had a hard time talking to them. And some people have told me that you know, the book has been useful in, in getting past that. So the whole thing about the book is that if if you do have a friend or a relative who believes in a conspiracy theory, your initial reaction is just going to be incredulity. It's like someone told the, you they thought yeah. the earth was flat. You know, it just sounds so ridiculous that you, your only reaction can be to scoff at them or to laugh at them. And then when they persist, getting angry at them. But from, from their perspective, they think they're being fairly reasonable. And so you reacting in that way gets them angry at you. And then you have a falling out. Yeah, they, you're thinking, how can you be so stupid and how can you believe these ridiculous things that are, are essentially evil things that, are, that, that people are saying? And they're thinking, like, you've been brainwashed by the mainstream media. You know, why don't you want to save the children? 
so you, know, you got these two yeah. polarized positions and the 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 gist of the book is how do you get past that uh that friction you know how do you get away from butting heads to actually having a proper conversation and then building upon that to you know maintain the relationship and then try to resolve some of the questions yeah i, I think i mean you're right some of the more difficult messages i receive are my sister believes in this or my dad believes in this mm-hmm. how can i speak to them it's so difficult because i don't I don't know these people who they are, you know, what they, what they like and, and how they would react. It's so difficult to respond to these people because I want to give them the golden ticket, the golden answer to be able yeah. to help them. But yeah. it's just it's so none. tough. Yeah. Um, you, when you mentioned yeah. there the, 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 uh, the election stuff, some of the, some of the more lighthearted stuff I've seen you do, which I can't believe the, the photo stuff you did where you were proven that the, um, uh, the the Bidens weren't the bigger castles. than yeah. The, the, yeah, like yeah. They're, they're massive and people were thinking they were giants or something or uh, what was the other one with the boom mic what was the one with the boom mic you did oh yeah that was the the, the dead cat mic cover yeah, yeah, yeah. boom microphones have these very furry things and they can look like huge things to yeah. cut the wind noise down and it was uh, people were just saying that it was a fake video because it, it kind of believe... looked like he went in front of his hand and then behind yeah. his hand because it was so big. I can't believe you had to address so. these things. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's it. Like if uh, this is, I was making a video today and I was saying like, why am I making a video about this ridiculous UFO thing? I mean, the UFO, it was a UFO thing. A guy was taking a picture of, the, of like a satellite and he, he moved the camera and he said, look at it, he moved off at the speed of light. <laughs> and the, the thing like whisked off, whisked off the side of the screen. Like, you know, why, why would I even bother addressing something like that? And yeah. the reason is that people believe them. They do. Sometimes yeah. thousands of people believe yeah. them. And so, you know, there was a thing where people were saying that uh, magnets were sticking to their arms. Yeah. Like they were, they were, yes, they were saying, you're making that claim, uh, which is just an old magic trick or an, an old, you know, confirmation bias type thing where people put things on their arms and they stick and they're like, oh my God, I've turned magnetic. Yeah. But you, you know, you can prove it's, it's, it's not true. And the, the, the things sound ridiculous i mean you know why do you do flat earth flat earth is obviously ridiculous but you do it because there are people who seem to genuinely believe it and you know there are people who in their minds they they think that they are being very reasonable they think that yes the earth is not a globe at least yeah. some of them think more specific things about it being being flat or whatever but they they think that they're being open-minded and asking sensible questions when in fact they're being pretty ridiculous um but it's still, I think, worth helping people. Yes, like that. Absolutely. Yeah. I just I, that, that, those particular ones, though. I just, I was just thinking to myself, there are really people out there that think the Bidens are, are that that large compared to all those people are that small. I mean, that that can't be a thing. Yeah. It can't be a thing. I don't think there were very many that actually thought that. I think it's mostly that they thought that it was a fake photograph. Okay. Uh, they, right. the, what was going on back then was the the QAnon people were in shell shock because they just lost the election. Yes. And then they didn't get him reinstated. January 6th was a big bust. They didn't get him back in the, the White House and then he ended up in the White House. But they, they were just convinced the whole time that, that Trump had won and Trump is secretly was the president. And this Biden being the president was just some kind of weird show that, that they're yeah, putting yeah. on just okay. to like bring out I'll the pedophiles. It. And so, yeah, it's a fake, a fake photograph. And yeah. it just somehow all made sense in their mind i uh i've i've yet to touch on QAnon. i just i daren't go i feel like i'd need as much time with that as i would with flat earth it just it i know it would be a huge undertaking so i've just left that alone yeah well 
Well, when uh, when Q starts saying the Earth is flat, then you know your time yeah. has come. Yeah, then we're in there. I did yeah. actually. I did see a a Q and believer on it's one of these shows that they do. They go and talk to Q and believers in in America, and they asked her, like, you know, what what else could be true, and she was like saying, well, you know, maybe the Earth is flat. And he was like, you don't really believe that, do you? And she was like, well, you know, I, if if there could be a secret pedophile elite running the world, like what else could they be lying about? Yeah. We don't know that. That's just what we've been told in school. You yeah. know? And she, she actually started getting into it. Like it could be flat uh, because... Yeah, she's a, if you believe one ridiculous thing before breakfast, you can believe a whole bunch more. Absolutely. There's there's such a spectrum, isn't there, of of, of those beliefs. Like people fit in different places and some people believe two or three things and some people only believe one. And But when we get to the crust of it, what you said there, a lot of it is they think they're being lied to. And that yeah. comes boils down to a lot of those uh, conspiracy theories doesn't it? they just can't accept that that what they're being told is the truth especially by governments yeah they think uh that the people in power have their own best interests at heart and they're lying all the time now of course the people in power generally do of course uh, to a certain degree have yes. their own best interests at heart we know that politicians are often corrupt indeed even you know all the way to the top um you know nixon had to resign because he 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 conspired. There was a conspiracy to yeah. to do things to spy on the uh, uh, to spy on the Democrats and then cover up the this this spying that happened. So we know that these things happen, and so it's it's okay to be suspicious of mm. people in power. But yeah. it doesn't mean just because you're suspicious that whatever they say, the opposite is true. Exactly. Yeah. You know, everything that comes out of their mouth isn't automatically false. It's perhaps something that you should check. Yeah. But it doesn't mean if someone says something that contradicts it, then that is you know a thousand times more likely to be true. Most of the time, politicians work within the framework of truth. They will tell you things that are essentially true, and usually things that you can check yourself. And there's usually lots of journalists going around checking everything oh, politicians yeah. say. Yeah. So it's uh, you know you you be open-minded, but don't be open-minded just in one direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, couldn't have put it better myself. Um. Now, obviously, obviously, this isn't your first podcast appearance. You've appeared on many others, as well as been interviewed on TV and radio. Did you ever think that being a proper debunker would lead you down this path? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> I, I didn't really think about it at all. It's just something that's happened over the years. Uh, I mean, the first media attention I got was way back in the Morgellons days. Yeah. And I was being anonymous back then, so I, I rejected all of the, the media attention. And then people started asking me about chemtrails. They're like, yeah, we're this what's this mysterious chemtrails thing? Who's the chemtrail expert? And then they <laughs> Google, and like, you know, my name pops yeah. up, and uh, I start getting calls about 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 chemtrails, uh, and then you know later on about other things. And of course, when you once you write a book, uh, it gives you a certain cachet, and yeah, people start uh, you know thinking you're you're the the expert in these things, and they they asked you about this. Now, of course, recently I've been the UFO guy because yes. I've been doing all this debunking of, of UFOs, and so I've been you know on TV about about that, which is which is fun. But yeah, it's never really something I I set out to become like a media person, and, and I'm not really. You know, I I like the fact that more people see my stuff, but I'm not trying to you know be Mick West, the yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not trying to be PewDiePie. I get it, I get it. Take the rough with the smooth. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. The, normally at this point we'd get cats in, and we got a little segment called Cats Curiosity, and he brings us something from science over the last week oh. that has interested him. 
and we would discuss it. Obviously, he's not here, but last week he told me about this eighth continent. Have you heard about this? Oh, really? Yeah. Like, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I didn't have a clue. Apparently, it had been going on for a while. Um, but it's cool. And now, bear with me here, because when you hear the name of it, you straight away, you would, you would think... <laughs> Something fishy's going on here. Someone's trying right. to pull the wool over. All right, so it's a new continent. It's called Zealandia. 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 Like, right? like Z-E-E? Z-E-A, or? as in New Zealand, because it's... Z, all right. Yeah, new, yeah. new Zealand is the kind of where this continent comes above uh, sea level. Okay. So they've, they've, they knew about it for a while, but they've now mapped it out based on all the continental crust and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a proper eighth continent. Uh, New Zealand is the primary landmass. Landmass, you should have a look. But I didn't have a clue about. It. I mean, I'd read, I saw a headline saying we found the eighth continent, and I didn't read it. And then Cats that day, funnily enough, brought this up in Cats Curiosity, and he told me all about it. So you should check it out. But yeah. it does does sound dodgy. Zealandia. It does. It kind of reminds me of Pluto in a way, though, because it's it's like one of those things like, what? How do you define a continent, and how do you define a planet? Oh yes. So, I mean, like you know, New Zealand. That's not not a continent. No. It's just a tiny little bit of bit no. of land popping up. I know. I suppose most of it's underwater. Yes, I guess. most of like, it is. Well, um, it, it stretches yeah, um, like a... quite far north, well up past Australia, and a little bit further south. Right. So it's quite a big area if you look at it. But yeah, it's no one's going to start teaching it as a. As an actual continent. But it's not Atlantis. That's what people think oh, of don't. when they, they think of a new, a new continent. Yeah. It's like they've actually discovered a new landmass, which of course is impossible because we've apparently got all these satellites uh, you know, taking photographs of us all the time. I once did a video on Atlantis so. and my and the title of it was Atlantis is nonsense. I got destroyed <laughs> in the comments for that. The amount of people that still hold a candle for Atlantis. Well, they're, 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 they're talking about the historical Atlantis, I would, I would think. They're like it's sunk oh. somewhere. I don't know. But, uh, I don't know. It's a fun, a fun thing to imagine. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Atlantis and Wonder Woman. It's all, it's all true. Mm. Yeah. You are, you are right. There are some conspiracies that you, you think, uh, you know, they're, they're, you, they're fun to think about and they're fun to imagine, aren't they? Uh, if, if they were real. Definitely. Yeah. Yes. Indeed. Um, you've had experience with a lot of conspiracy theories. A lot. If you absolutely, sure if you absolutely had to pit, believe in one, which one would you pick? Oh yeah, I think when someone asked me this a while ago, I said I would pick, I would pick abiotic uh, oil, which is <laughs> the conspiracy theory that oil doesn't come from decayed, um, okay, um, yeah, historic animals. Yep. It actually is generated by the earth and comes out because that would be great if that was true because we'd have an endless supply of free oil Absolutely. but then someone pointed out to me that that would be terrible because that would contribute more to global warming so i decided that that wasn't a good conspiracy theory to believe in so i've changed it now and now i i think i would like to believe that aliens are visiting the earth and the government is covering it up because that would be so much fun if it was actually true that's a fair one that's a good one it would, it would be, be it would be kind of scary like the aliens are actually visiting us but it seems like it's going fairly well so far yeah. I mean, nothing really terrible has happened if they've been here for the last 70 years <laughs> so i would like that to be true because that would be great uh we could start having cultural exchanges with them and we could, we could ask them how they do these amazing uh, flying saucer things and we could convert those into flying cars which is something that you know i've been wanting to have for quite a while so i'm with you on, on. That bring the aliens on i like that yeah I like that one. Uh, uh, do you? You said you've 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 um, listen, you've got 
experience of most conspiracy theories. I like to think that I've had it been exposed to a lot of them. So mm. I'm going to try and give a conspiracy theory to you, which you haven't heard All before. Right. Okay. Which I'm you, gonna guess it's which you, the mud flood. No, 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 not my flood. No, no, no. no. All right, go, go. No. Okay, <laughs> it, I'm gonna go with. Let me think, because I've done a few. Let me. Um, okay, what about this? Waterfalls are the Ooh. ancient arteries of giant dragons. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> Have you heard of it? How would no? Uh, did you just make it up? <laughs> I, I didn't. No, but it, what you saying? Mud floods remind me of um, Mud Fossil University. You know that that YouTube yeah. page. I've, I've seen a variety of things that are kind of similar. I guess there's like the the, the, the giant trees, tree stumps. Yeah, uh, yeah, and uh, things like that. But yeah. yeah, why 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 would the waterfalls? specifically be the arteries why wouldn't uh, it just be the rivers he, I, i'm not 100 sure of his, his reasoning but it was something to do with the uh the the structure of the rock behind the waterfall is a is, a, is an artery that travels up in this dragon's it's body pretty or, impressive or whatever and dragon so are the dragons like really big oh they're huge they're buried the they're buried in the, buried in the earth yeah, yeah huh. so there you go. And and he had he also had rocks which uh he claimed had uh old blood cells in them or something as well, and that backed up his his theory. Yeah, yeah, think about yeah, theories like that. <laughs> I mean, really, is there anything you can do with it? No. <laughs> it, it? I wouldn't say it's actually worth even debunking. No, yeah. I know. It, it was it, that was more of a uh I was looking at how it was it was just an interesting an interesting uh, thing to look at, an in interesting thing to see his theories and how he thought yeah, about it. All. No, I, I, it's fun. It's fun. Like the mud flood thing is fun as well. Oh, like, mud flood's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah you got yeah, some real, that, uh, real believers in that, haven't you? Yeah, but it's strange. It's strange how. I mean, it's stranger than flat Earth because it doesn't really make you know. No, and they, any they physical sense. They've Not latched on does, but you can kind of see it. But yeah, they've latched onto this Tartaria, haven't they? Which was a it was an ancient culture in Asia or something. And I don't know why this is the, the, the city that was destroyed by all the, the world yeah. that was destroyed by the mud floods. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's <laughs> very odd. Fascinating stuff. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned the UFOs. I've recently been watching you tackle a lot of those, the USO, uh, the U S mm. UFO stuff. Um, do you think the people who believe in that sort of stuff, I mean, we joked about believing in them coming to earth. Mm -hmm. Do you think they're some of the hardest to convince uh, very much so. And the reason that is, is a lot of them have some kind of personal experience. I was going to say. And that yeah. is why they're, they're believers. Uh, if someone's actually been, uh, you know, they've seen a UFO on some dark country road this one time, which a lot of them claim to have, and that's the type of experience that crops up the most, is that they were driving along and they saw something. Radio goes then off. it's very hard yeah. to dissuade them yeah. otherwise. And, you know, why would I? I mean, why would I dissuade? How can I dissuade? They, they had an experience. Yeah. And I can't say their experience wasn't real because for them it was real. I can suggest things that they might have seen, but then it becomes I'm questioning their perception of yeah. things. I'm questioning their interpretation and I'm questioning their memory. And people get very angry they do. when you, you try doing things like that. Yeah. So they get, they get uh, set in a, a certain belief and anything that I do, 
becomes an attack on that. Even if I'm debugging something else, like say someone posts a picture of a little tic-tac moving behind a tree and I say, oh, that's just a plane and somebody's moving the camera. They're like, well, I saw something on a country road in 1985 and you, you, <laughs> you're, you can't take that away from me. Yeah. And yeah, I'm not trying to. Okay. I mean, that's one thing. So people that have these, they're driving along, they say they have these experiences with UFOs or whatever, weird things happen with the car. You know, they see the lights or whatever. That's one thing. But what about the people that say they were actually abducted and they yeah. experienced seeing these beings? That is a different kettle of fish. Yes. Uh, I think they're actually claiming something, often that they claim to be ongoing, or they're claiming something that if it did happen, would have created a whole bunch of evidence. Uh, they're, they're really kind of positing some kind of alternative reality that's parallel with ours if, if you break down what they're actually talking about. Yeah. Because a lot of the time they say they were abducted from their beds and taken uh, via some kind of like tractor beam or something into a flying saucer that was hovering over their house. How would this happen without somebody noticing? It's not like everybody's asleep at two in the morning and if some flying saucer comes uh, over over the town, yeah, you know, someone's gonna see it. Yeah. Um, if it was happening, it's very, very easy to set up cameras in people's rooms. And some people do have cameras in, the, in their houses and that this would, they would see they would see evidence of this. It would be very easy to gather evidence, but we have nothing. All we have are what are essentially indistinguishable from dreams and what are indistinguishable from these, these, these hypnagogic uh, hallucinations. So the hallucinations you have when you're waking or when you're falling asleep, you sometimes feel like something is happening to you. Yes. There's yeah. this sleep paralysis where you can't move and yet you, you're awake and then you also have the hallucination on top of that you feel like you're being paralyzed by these alien beings that are in your room and doing things to you. So what we have are descriptions of experiences that are indistinguishable from these dreams and hallucinations with zero evidence that there's anything other than these dreams and hallucinations. But to the person who experienced them, they seem incredibly real. Yeah, absolutely. But what can you, what can we do with that? You know, all we can do is point out that, you know, these are the type of hallucinations people have. And they're going to reject that explanation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not evidence of anything really. It is a tough one. Uh, my my take on all of that is so let's say pre War of the Worlds being written. So say say War of the Worlds. After that point, there was no popular culture about aliens, people being attacked, space, whatever. Would we be getting these stories now without all of that popular culture on aliens and UFOs and stuff like that? We'd be getting far less of it, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, people, people are going to have nightmares and dreams and things, and they're going to come up with some explanation of it. I, I, people used to think that they would, these were demons visiting them at night, yeah, or that they were angels, or that they were devils, or you know, some something, or you know, some people thought that people were sneaking into their houses in the middle of the night, you know, more paranoid people. So the same things are going to happen. And people are going to try to fit some kind of explanation to it. People are going to see lights moving in the sky. Yeah. Uh, people will see like fuzzy objects off in the distance that they can't identify. And perhaps they would just leap to a different explanation. Or perhaps, you know, they would just ignore it as, you know, that's just something over there. But because we do have this priming now with popular culture, yes. uh, you know, the X-Files, the Close Encounters, the Day the Earth Stood Still, all, all these things going through history for like 70 plus years. Uh, people are primed to interpret 
mysterious things in the sky as UFOs, not just in the literal sense, but in the, the more common understanding of UFOs as being alien yeah. spaceships. And uh, you know, that's, that's what, where we are now, but it's definitely hugely influenced by popular culture. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to play devil's advocate for a second. So a lot of those no UFO, UFOs things you were looking at were released from the Pentagon recently, weren't they? They were, yes. So what if people are saying, okay, these people at the Pentagon have checked these. They're happy that they're not real aliens, but they've held back all of the all of the all of the evidence that they think is aliens. Well, yeah, they never mention aliens. So okay. uh, it, it's, it's not, there's nothing that really points towards aliens from an official uh, perspective. We had this report that came out a few weeks ago, and the report did not mention aliens at all. Okay, They have a category of, of other, which was just, you know, we don't really know what we're looking at, and so perhaps we need to develop better ways of gathering data or analyzing it to figure out what it is. That doesn't mean aliens, though. It could be stuff like ball lightning or oh, yeah. kind of weird refraction effect or something like that. Or it could be, uh, you know, fancy Russian drones that uh, that, that uh, have some kind of stealth technology or something. So the government has never said anything at all in recent years that has approached aliens. So in some of the other uh, UFO, you know, earlier UFO investigations, like you know, Project Blue Book and and uh, things before that, they did actually consider the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Okay. But I think now they've really moved even further away from that, and they're not even mentioning it because it's it's not something that is necessary. We don't need to invoke aliens as an explanation for for what we're seeing. I mean, sure, we can't explain it, but there's a long way from yeah, we don't know exactly what happened here. And, you know, it doesn't a, a radar glitch seems unlikely, therefore it's aliens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's there's a, a huge huge leaps that people are still making. Yeah, but they're making it still with probabilistic arguments that they're, yeah. they're saying oh it's unlikely that highly trained pilots could have made a mistake yeah so it can't have been that so what are we left with yeah. beings from another dimension perhaps yeah. so it's it's kind of ridiculous really the the leaps that people are, are it taking. is especially when you i mean how, i don't know what their sort of knowledge is on on space and space travel but when you factor in how long it would take a species to get to to Earth, regardless of their technology, it's you're talking inconceivable time, aren't you? Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah. If if it's physics as we know it, yes, you know, most of the stars are very very far away, and they're probably not going to go here faster than the speed of light. So it's going to take many years to get here, and probably many hundreds or thousands of years, uh, or even even longer, depending on how far away life is and we don't have any good evidence that there is any life nearby in the galaxy unfortunately we don't uh and yeah there's this thing called the fermi paradox yes that if if life arose intelligent life arose somewhere in the galaxy that intelligent life would probably populate the entire galaxy with self-replicating machines because it's something that's technically not that difficult to do if you know, you think of our civilization right now, where we are, just advanced that about a thousand years. Um, we're going to have super advanced AI. We're going to have more advanced manufacturing uh, facilities, and we're going to have the ability to make self-replicating machines that can go and land on other planets and then build copies of themselves 
and then go off to, to duplicate themselves on other planets. And it only takes a few million years on top of that. Yeah. And the universe has been around for billions of years. So it seems fairly likely that if life has arisen, it would have spread out. Yeah. yeah there's plenty of arguments, you know, one way or the other on that. There is. Yeah. And I, I could talk about it for hours honestly mick thank you so much for joining us uh it's been a pleasure we would have played the scientist game now which is where the cats Ooh. would face off against the guest um normally could, could we do it without cats just so i can uh, so see see what you were thinking we we can't because it's a we can't uh, no no I, i'll tell you why because I, when i knew he didn't do it i didn't prepare one. <laughs> oh man <laughs> Because when he told me, I was like, "Oh, I don't need to. I don't need to sort the scientist game out." So uh, you, don't that's, to, you don't need to do it. Yeah. Now, the, the reason I did it is that I, I uh, my, my wife and I, we play quiz shows, and we like to pre-guess things. So oh, when okay. someone tells you what the category is, we always like to pre-guess it. So I, I pre-guessed the answer, and I wrote it down on this little yellow piece of paper. You pre-guess what you are actually going to do. I'll tell you uh, who. I, I can tell you who I was going to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me who? see your guess first, and I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Well, uh, show me, show me, <laughs> tell me what it is. Otherwise, uh, okay. so you could be I was just gonna saying do, what I wrote down. I was going to do Johannes Kepler. Johannes Kepler, yeah. dang it. Yeah, that would have been good. What, yeah, what did you go for? Of Earth, the planets. I wrote down... Are you in the, you in the ballpark? Not really. I wrote down Carl Sagan. Oh, you're... Yeah, you're, 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 out, you're just outside the door of the ballpark, I think. With that one, <laughs> Good it, but you said like somebody something related to what I did, and I thought I'm kind of skeptic, but it seemed a bit too obvious. But I was going to do Carl Sagan next week. <laughs> yeah, when, when it when it works, when you get a pre-guess, it's very very impressive. Uh, but there would have been there would have been huge uproar if you'd have got that right. People would have been yeah. conspiracy in the yeah. hell out of that. <laughs> yeah, it's my psychic powers. Yeah. Thanks so much, Mick. It's been a pleasure. As I say, I could talk about this for hours, all sorts of, of conspiracies. Um, we'll pop a link in the description for your book and your YouTube channel as well and the Metabunk right. website. Please do go and check all of them out. They are brilliant. As I say, I use the Metabunk website uh, all the time during my research. Um, thanks very much for joining. Next week, we've got uh, MC Tunes on, actually, with a, a special guest. I'm going to talk about 5G. We didn't talk about 5G, Mick. We're going to... We got an expert on 5G, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about the conspiracies revolving around that, and and how none of that really has come to pass. So that should be good. Otherwise, have a great week, and we'll see you all soon. Bye bye. <laughs>